This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. People should look at you and think by what you do and what you say and how you act and how you treat people. Man, they must be related to God. That's the idea of Matthew 5.16. Let me read it to you, Jesus' words. Let your light so shine before men. So shine. Let it shine this way. Let it so shine before men. Not that you get credit. But let it so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. In other words, don't do it in such a way that you get the glory, but then pass it off to him. It's through you, though. You got some. You taste it a little bit. No, no. Let it be done in such a way that he gets all the glory. We've become so accustomed to looking for external affirmation. We're always looking for likes and comments on our social media posts. We're at a point where it's almost like if we don't get online attention for something we did, why even do it at all? In today's message, Pastor Troy reminds us that as Christians, we aren't looking for our own glory, but for God's. He's the one that loved us and saved us, doing all the work. You and I can't take credit for any of that, but we can live in a way that gives Him the credit. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John chapter 13 as he continues his message, A Whole New Life. Jesus is speaking about His crucifixion and the resurrection where He would go to heaven, and obviously they cannot follow Him there. And he says, I will be with you a little while longer. I mean, I'm going to be here a little bit longer. In fact, he'll be here even longer than that when he's raised. He'll he'll be around for a little bit. But they just don't know how little bit. They don't know tonight things will change. Their relationship will not be with the same from tonight going forward. Again, he will appear for a period of time, a short period of time, and reveal himself to them as the resurrected Christ Some of this is to encourage them, because a lot of them had walked away. One, they ran away, then they went back to their old jobs, and it's like, man, what a bummer. And so he revives their spirit, and he shows them this new relationship's going to be different. I could pop in any time. I don't always have to be here, and yet I know. And so you're going to have a different relationship. You could call it the new relationship with training wheels. He's getting them used to the idea, I don't always have to be there to be aware or to be there. And they would learn this. And they would go out with great power, great confidence. That's the new man. In the next chapter, he will reassure them before he ascends, I will not leave you orphans. You're not going to be left alone. So they're entering a new relationship with Jesus, not one in the flesh, which is all they've known, but one where they are filled with the Holy Spirit of God in them. Relationship always accessible, available. John chapter 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, Jesus speaking, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. 
But if I depart, I will send him to you. Up to this point, Jesus could really only be with one group at a time. In the flesh. He was in the flesh. And even in his resurrected state, he appeared one place at a time. He didn't appear everywhere. But with the Holy Spirit being sent, he could be everywhere. Now he is. He's all-knowing. He, he knows everything. He's everywhere. But it's through his agent, the Holy Spirit. Not through the person, the man Christ, that God is everywhere. They are all-knowing. It's not like they get to go, Holy Spirit, what's going on down there? Keep us in the loop. No, they're all. When one goes into the Holy Spirit's sight and mind, it goes into all of theirs. They all know. They're all-knowing. But the Holy Spirit is the person of the Trinity who is indwelling in all of us, those who believe, those who God has given as a, a promise, an inheritance. Those who are coming to him, he said, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit and seal you until that day. To the best of my knowledge, we can't break the seal. He knows who is his and who's not. And he seals for the day. So, when we are born again, when we are really born again, we are given this Holy Spirit who begins to do a work, like it or not, ready or not. He's going to do the work. And he's faithful to complete it. So, this relationship is not of sight, but it's of faith. We don't see everything. We just got to listen to the Lord and trust, hear his word, read his word, take his word in and adjust, apply. This is a life by faith now, not by sight. The relationship of a disciple is challenging. Because people call us crazy for the, some of the things that we do. They, they turn against you. Your own family will turn against you because you're trying to follow the Lord. And they can make it very difficult. 2 Corinthians 5, 5 through 7. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. I read something about lobsters. Don't know why. I ran across it. And uh, let, me, let me just kind of read this. It says that lobsters discard their old shell and they grow a new shell about every year. And it says that if they were to stay in their old shell and not abandon that old shell, that shell would become a prison and even a casket for them. They have to get rid of it in order to grow. And then the new shell. And so there's a growth process for them. Now here's the thing. When they're not in their shell, they're just tossed about. Sometimes they're very vulnerable. Tossed about, they hit a sharp piece of coral. That could do some damage. That could be the death of them. Or a fish, you know, come by and, and nip at them or get them. It could be trouble. So they're very vulnerable during these transition periods, during this growth cycle. But if they don't go through this growth cycle, if they don't shed the old and embrace the new, they will die anyway. See, we're a lot like that. We have to leave the old man and his ways or her ways behind. You have to let them go. You have to stop. And you have to embrace the new ways where the Lord is leading you. 
It may not make sense. You may feel vulnerable, floating around. What if the fish get me? What if I hit a sharp rock? But you have to do this if you're going to grow. Some Christians, it's like they're near dead or they're, they don't grow. They're too afraid to let go of the old self and do things the new way, according to the new man. They don't grow. Don't let that be said of you. In the old, old ways, we trusted something. We trusted in, in someone. I, I trust in someone. I trust, I, I'm going to go to them. And depend on them. And so they hold us up and we never learn. We never grow. We're never out of our shell. But it's when we really learn to trust in the Lord and put ourselves in his hands, vulnerable. It's then that we really begin to see growth. So when we're born again, we get a whole new life, which consists of a new perspective and a new relationship. Finally, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Obviously, the third thing here is he gives a new commandment. The new man receives a new commandment. Not a lot to memorize. You have to memorize. You have to plow deep into the scriptures. Just remember the new commandment and listen to him and align your life with his word. If you're a Bible student, you might be thinking, oh, wait a minute, this isn't a new commandment. This isn't new. This has been said before. If you look back in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, I know you guys are always reading Leviticus. You knew it was there. It says, you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So it's not brand new. In fact, the word doesn't mean brand new commandment. Like, I'm giving you something brand new. No, in fact, it's said this way. The the word new really means, it's like, you know, this has been a law, 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 and you've prioritized this one or this one or that one or that one. What he's saying is, look, look, really the heart of this law is this, this one right here. Let's bring that one out into the forefront. It's really all about this, the one you've been overlooking. You thought it wasn't all that significant. Really, it's all about that. It's about loving your neighbors, about loving each other. And that's new. That was new to them because it sure wasn't about love. It was about law. So Jesus set the example of this for them for over three and a half years. Three and a half years of ministry where he showed them. And all love, it wasn't, didn't all look mushy and passive. Jesus stood for truth. Jesus corrected people. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. That's wrong. That's blasphemous. So Jesus did these things. He called people out. That was love. He never did anything unloving. The entire time he deals with the Pharisees. I think there was a tinge of love in there. Like, you hypocrites. Hypocrites, don't you see this? Get it. Understand it. Jesus is love. The word love is the word agapeo. We've shortened it to agape. It's about what you do and not about what you feel. 
In fact, it's a matter of the will, and it's not a matter of warm fuzzies. This kind of love. I know that confuses us because we've romanticized the idea of love. But that's not the kind of love God calls us to. He doesn't command that. See, you don't have to like someone to love them. That's with this kind of love. Now, you got to like them if you're going to have our world's romantic kind of love. Because one builds upon the other. I like them. They're cute. I love them. But not with his kind of love. This is why he could say, love your enemies. Because it's about what you do rather than what you feel. And this is the kind of love that we are commanded to exercise. He doesn't command us to feel it, just to do it. There's so much more to learn from today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. So be sure to stay tuned for the next part of Pastor Troy's message. Building on the Solid Rock is the radio teaching ministry of Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel Solid Rock in San Antonio, Texas. If you're in the San Antonio area, we'd love to have you join us in person for our weekly services on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. for a time of worship and learning from the Word of God. You can also come by on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for our in-depth Bible study. Learn more about the church and find directions at our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. That website again is buildingonthesolidrock.com. We hope to see you there. Now, here's Pastor Troy with more of today's message. Agape love is a mature kind of love where we act. We don't act like, like, like an actor, but we do things in a way that would say, you know what, I'm going to demonstrate love towards you. So Jesus is saying, I want you to love that way. And he clarifies how we're to love. Verse 34, he says, as I have loved you. So don't make it up yourself. It's not like, do this your way. You know, uh, I like to send cards. That's the way I express love. Or I like to come in and give them a noogie on top of the head. Well, could you love me a little differently? (laughs) No, don't love your way. You love his way. As I have loved you, he says. See, Jesus' love was not convenient. It was sacrificial. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. There's sacrifice involved in loving this way. It's not convenient. There's no buyout. I don't know if you've ever been involved in Little League or anything, but they, they have something that you're, you know, to help raise money. You go sell candy bars or something like that. Or in today's society, they actually give you the option to buy out. Like, or you can just pay us 50 bucks or whatever it is, and you don't have to do it. Well, don't you know, I was buying out. I don't want to go sell this stuff. So, with God's love, there is no buyout clause. You can't say, I love the Lord and not love people. And I mean, not like you feel it, but do it. Love them. So Jesus' love was sacrificial. Jesus' love was also unconditional. It didn't have the conditions attached. Jesus was on the cross. His enemies were gloating below him. And yet, he still loved them enough to say, what did he say? Do you remember? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now, you're on the cross, pain, thirst, and they're down there, I'll gamble you for it. I'll take his cloak down there. Like you're an insignificant piece of meat. 
I'd be mad. But Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They don't, they don't know what they're doing. They don't get it. Jesus doesn't love just the lovable, deserving people. He loves those who are difficult to love. That may be your ministry right now. Loving someone who's hard to love. That's full time. That's your cross. Pick it up joyfully. Because you identify with the sufferings of Christ. Go to him. He loves you. He cares for you. He'll, he'll lift you up. He'll help you and support you in this. And this is an impossible thing to do, which is why we read Romans 5.5. 5. Romans 5.5 5 says this, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So he's given us the Holy Spirit and he's given us the capacity to love like this. The ability to do this, though they don't deserve it. You may love them their whole life and never get one thank you. But if this is what God has given you and you got to prayerfully consider these things, then that's what you do. That's ministry. That's a disciple. That's a follower. That's the glory of God being revealed through someone's life. Because others who are watching you will go, man, how do you do it? And they'll be without excuse. We all have a different calling. We all have different seasons in life. They seem like they'll go on forever, but they don't usually. They go on so long because we need it. Because we're learning to love. We're learning to trust Him. He not only tells them how they're to love like Him, but why they're to love. Look at verse 35. By this all will know that you are my disciples. Now, we say this verse, and I've mentioned this verse a lot, but this is really a scary verse when you consider what it really means when you break it down. If you break it down and, 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 and look at everything in detail, your prepositional phrases and stuff. See, what Jesus is saying is, I am giving the world a way to know who my disciples are. They're going to know who they are because when they look to you, they're going to see a love one for another. They will know who you are by your love, one for another. Notice he didn't say they'll know who you are by the bumper sticker on your car. They, didn't know, they won't know who you are just because you were sitting in church. No, they will know because of your attitude toward the church. Did you know that most of the Lord's instructions to take care of each other or to use our gifts to build one another are in the context of supporting the body of Christ, the church, the body of Christ. Almost all of what he says to do, even the, the, about providing for the poor, the poor among you, among you was, were the, the believers who had lost all of their jobs because uh, they got outed by their families. And so most of what the Lord says that we are to do, to use our gifts to do for, is to do for each other, the church within the context of that family environment. Here's what it seems that the signal should be. It's like the world is not supposed to be asking us for stuff. Getting free handouts from the church. They shouldn't be wanting from us. They should be wanting to be among us. See, right now the world wants from us. They don't want to be among us. 
I see it all the time. 99% of the people who pass by our doors during weekdays don't want to be among us. And they have no church they're among, but they want from us. And we've sent a wrong signal to the world. Jesus said, they will know you're my disciples by your love one for another. You're taking care of each other. It's one of the first things I ask of some of them is, where's your body? Where's your family? Where's, your, where's the, the body of Christ that you belong to? They take care of each other. Where's your church? Well, I don't want to go to church. Well, this. They got all sorts of reasons. They don't belong to a family. A body of believers. So they want the handout, but they don't want to be with, among. But I believe what God wants is he wants generous hearts within the church flowing toward one another with the gifts. Like, man, this is an amazing community to be among. Man, this is a great family, a great team. I want to be a part of that. How do I become a part of that? It's simple. You believe in Jesus Christ because he's the one who's transformed us. You want to be among this? He's going to change you too. You're not just going to be a recipient. You're going to be someone that, that is useful in the kingdom. They should want to be among us, not just want from us. And then, beyond that, we are to let some of that spill out under those who maybe have no hope. Maybe they're lost. Maybe they've been beat down. And in those lives, orphans, the widows, and and in those lives where they, they just need help. They genuinely do. Then it's to spill out. I, I read this little thing about a boy. It says his nose was plastered up against the store window. He was gazing inside. It was cold outside. He had no shoes. An old lady walked by and said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm asking God for shoes. Well, it says, you know what she did then? She went inside. She brought the young man with her and asked for a basin of water. And she washed the little boy's dirty, soiled feet, bought him a few pair of socks, and a new pair of shoes, was about to walk out when she felt a little tug on her coat. She looked down and saw the boy looking up at her, and he said, excuse me, are you God's wife? The point is this. He saw something in her that reminded him of what he'd heard about God. I see God in you. People should look at you and think, by what you do and what you say and how you act and how you treat people, man, they must be related to God. That's the idea of Matthew 5.16. Let me read it to you, Jesus' words. Let your light so shine before men. So shine. Let it shine this way. Let it so shine before men. Not that you get credit. But let it so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. In other words, don't do it in such a way that you get the glory, but then pass it off to him. It's through you, though. You got some. You taste it a little bit. No, no. Let it be done in such a way that he gets all the glory. You're not in it to try to get anything for yourself, but to show the love of God to someone else. So, a whole new life. Have you received it? That means you'll receive a whole new perspective. The best outlook is due to a consistent uplook. You'll have a new relationship. We walk by faith, not by sight. And there's a new commandment. 
We exercise our capacity to love others. It's being pushed. It's being challenged. It's being expanded. But we can do this because the love of God, along with His Holy Spirit, has been poured out into our lives, equipping, enabling us to be able to do this. Not in a mean, resentful kind of a way, but in a way that says, my treasures are in heaven, my Father is watching me, and it is my joy to minister in this way. That's all we have time for today on Building on the Solid Rock. Next time, Pastor Troy Neely will teach again in the book of John as he goes verse by verse and chapter by chapter through this gospel book. If this series has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send us an email at info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. We love to hear from our listeners about their experience with this ministry. Let us know if you have any questions about our radio program. In addition to hearing encouraging messages on the radio, it's important to be involved in a local church. If you live in or are visiting the San Antonio area, come visit Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. You'll find service times on our church website. Just follow the link from buildingonthesolidrock.com. If you're unable to be there in person, join us online. That's all for today. Be sure to tune in again for more from the book of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us.